It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the basketball fanatic, Jay Smoove. It's in the house once again. You guys can find him on Twitter at Smoove underscore 702. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. March Madness, big dance, free pick. Jay Smoove and I, we're going to go ahead. We're going to preview a game between number five seed Creighton Blue Jays and the number 12 seed UC Santa Barbara Gauchos. Current line in this game is Creighton favored right around minus seven, seven and a half. Total of 138. This one will be played on Saturday at 3.30. It will be at the Lucas Oil Stadium. And you guys could also catch that one on True TV. So Smoove, before we go ahead and we jump into this game, you know, these three or four days of, of basketball, you know, they could be challenging, you know, with all these games going on, 16 games one day, 16 the other day. You know, it goes wall to wall, man, basically from noon till, you know, almost midnight. So typically, you know, when you sit down and you get ready to go ahead and, and watch, you know, the first big day, you know, how many games do you actually sit down and watch, you know, on that Saturday slate? I'm a hoop head, so this is like the best time of the year for me. So, I mean, I'm going to watch – every game that I can, you know, from sun up to sundown, you know, Thursday to to Sunday, you know, it's going to be kind of hard to get me to do anything else, you know, with the tournament going on and dip and dab and a little bit of NBA also. So, yeah, I'm going to watch as much as I possibly can. Yeah, I'm not surprised at that answer because I know how much you love basketball. I'll be right there with you. You know, I'll probably end up pulling, you know, more than likely a two-bait vendor, you know, on Saturday and Sunday. I'll be worn out for sure come work for Monday, but you know, that's the name of the game at this time of the year. We do have an extensive handicap here, you know, on this particular game between Creighton and UC Santa Barbara. But I want to go back to a question that you and I had raised a couple of days ago. And, and I said, you know, before we record the podcast move, you know, why don't we sit, think about, you know, what we had talked about, let it marinate for a couple of days and then come back and, and see how we felt, you know, a couple of days later. I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to ask you this question smooth. I already had spoke to you about this, but I want our listeners to understand, you know, where we stand with this particular game. I want you to tell me what team the committee is basically stacking the deck against to have them not go ahead and continue past the first round or at best the second round. Just looking back over at the last couple of days and digging deeper into the factors, I would have to say committee did Creighton you know, pretty much no favors where they're seated and, you know, their road in this tournament. Just like you, Smooth, you know, over the last couple of days, I kind of thought about it and I started to add up all the factors and stuff that we had discussed. And I'm even more convinced that the NCAA right now, that they are just trying to do everything to not have Creighton advance. And let me just start with the head coach. The one thing that everybody knows about Creighton right now, it's not their three-point shooting. It's not that they're the Blue Jays. It's the fact that their coach came out and made comments that were, you know, extremely negative. And I think that that the committee is looking to go ahead and get rid of them so that story doesn't follow them, you know, into the round of 32, the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, Final Four, whatever it might be. I really feel like the NCAA dealt this particular hand, and we're going to break down the hand that they actually got dealt. But I feel you know, the same as you do, that, that Creighton, that they just got, you know, they got a really bad hand here dealt from the committee. I don't think negative stories is something that they want, 
but we we've seen it many a times before where you know they match up you know the smaller schools or a school that, that they particularly don't want really to advance the eight nines the seven tens you know they generally have those teams play against each other knock them out because in, in reality I really think that the committee is, you know, they're they're running a business at the end of the day. And sure, they, you know, they like to have their Cinderella's in there, but they really are, in my opinion, trying to get as many blue bloods as possible, you know, into the Sweet 16. They want those big name matchups, perhaps for this particular tournament. You know, we missed out on college basketball last year, and that really sucked. But what I want to do is I want to talk about Creighton, and let's break down the, the hand that they were particularly dealt. I think when you when you look at this UC Santa Barbara team, this is not a matchup that stylistically is going to favor them at all. UC Santa Barbara is a team that they they love to play slow. They rank 318th in the nation in pace. And what does Creighton want to do? They want to run and they want to gun. Well, they're not going to get that out of UC Santa Barbara. And one of the things that, that Creighton really likes is they like to go up against teams that play sloppy basketball where, you know, if a team's consistently turning the ball over, they can go ahead and, and beat you really in transition in that three-point game, create space, have wide-open guys, and they're just playing at a, at a much faster pace where, you know, it's three after three, up and down the court, up and down the court. That's how that team scores, you know, 80, 90 points. That's not going to happen in this game. So I feel like they got a really bad draw. It was a team that's like, you know, this would be a really interesting team to go ahead and see them advance, you know, to the Sweet 16 or the round of 32 in, in a UC Santa Barbara team. I felt like that was just the tip of the iceberg at the committee dealing a really bad hand for Creighton. Yeah, Sleepy, like you mentioned, uh, the committee doing them no favors. And just looking at their bracket where they're set up in the West, Let's say that they do get past this matchup with UC Santa Barbara, which is a tough matchup in itself because the style just doesn't, you know, present a favorable one for Creighton. But let's say that they do get past a UC Santa Barbara, then more than likely they're going to have a potential matchup with Virginia. And Virginia, you know, they were the team that, that won the tournament, you know, the last time we had one. And, you know, they present a lot of the same challenges as Santa Barbara does more than likely to more of an elite level because, you know, Virginia's an, an elite team and they present size that can match up with them. They could, you know, and slow the game down and play, you know, even more of an elite style defense. And, you know, if they were to happen to get past Virginia, say, say that they did, then they would have to match up with Gonzaga and Gonzaga is the favorite, obviously, to, to win the whole tournament. So, it's just not the, you know, the path, you know, taken for Creighton uh, for success based off where they're where they're seated at and the potential matchups they would have to face, you know, to try to get to, you know, the Sweet 16 and beyond. Like you said, it looks like the committee, you know, wants to get Creighton out of here, you know, as soon as possible. You know, it's crazy how we, we started to come along and talk about how we felt that Creighton was getting the deck stacked against them. And it really did start with, you know, the bracket, the matchups, the teams that they were going to see. And then the more we started to look and the more we started to think about it, the next thing that popped up was the venue. And they're going to have to play Lucas Oil here. And I don't think by any means that this helps a shooting team. I don't think any of these shooting teams from the outside are going to fare well in this big, massive arena. So not only do I think that they gave them, a, a, you know, very tough matchups, I also think that they gave Creighton the worst venue you play basketball like how would you feel being a three-point shooting team that's what you rely on you know going into this big massive maybe empty arena 
from an ex-player standpoint, you know, being a shooter, playing in a smaller gym with little to no fans, and then um, your next game is, you know, going into a, you know, a pretty big stadium with a, with a big backdrop and um, expected to have a lot more fans there, you know, that could really throw off a shooter's, you know, timing and rhythm and his focus on what his target's going to be. So that's a big factor, but probably the biggest factor would be the start time of this game. Um, with it being the first game of the day and, you know, the first game, you know, for both of these teams in this tournament, you know, I, th- I think that's a big disadvantage for Creighton, who's the favorite and also wants to get up and down, you know, the court with their playing style. And also going, to, you know, speaking from, you know, ex-player experience, you know, I never, you know, wanted to play the first game, you know, in a tournament like this or, you know, in like a AAU tournament or anything like that, because, you know, your legs and, you know, your body hasn't, you know, woke all the way up quite yet. You know, you're still stretching and you're not going as hard and warm ups and things like that. So it could take you a half or maybe even more to, you know, to get loose and to get in the rhythm and get focused in, you know, with a matchup that doesn't favor too much uh, Creighton when it comes to, to playing style and maybe personnel, you know, they might not have a half or more to get used to that. So, you know, that could be a much more of a bigger factor. And, you know, this is going to be their first game. You know, they might not get as much sleep because they're going to be too hype and amped up, you know, coming into their first game. So, you know, this start time could really throw off, you know, the favorite uh, Creighton right here. And I felt like that was probably one of the most interesting things that you had mentioned, because like, as you had mentioned, you know, you played basketball before, you understand, you know, what it's like to start early. And I remember like playing, you know, when I was a little kid playing, you know, when like JV basketball, or even when I was just playing knee high basketball, like those early morning games, are like you're not even awake yet. Like, you know, if you don't wake up and shower and get your muscles moving, like it does take you a little bit of time. And you would think, you know, the team that wants to run um, that they probably don't want to have to be the team that doesn't want to have to play the first game of the day. Now, you had mentioned that you actually found a stat that actually let's just say it was a little bit of a benefit here where you, you felt, you know, like it helped Creighton in some type of way. What what did you have for, for that one? Just going back to their last game in that Big East championship game against Georgetown, you know, they just, they got blew out obviously, but I was just looking at to see, you know, how they got blew out. And, you know, Creighton's been a team that, you know, shot the ball pretty well all season. They've had a top 15 or better, you know, offense when it comes to, to offensive rating effective field goal percentage, you know, shooting the three. Did it pretty well against a, a pretty solid, you know, strength of schedule. And seeing that they lost by more than 20 points, you know, they ha- they are 4-0 and against the spread in their last four games, you know, when they've lost, you know, their previous game by more than 20 points. But just getting back into their strength of schedule, you know, it's a top 30 strength of, uh, strength of schedule, but there could be a little bit of some, some holes in that because, you know, the Big East wasn't, you know, as dominant or as solid. They may be getting by, you know, more so on uh, a reputation, you know, but that was the only thing that I, you know, could see, you know, working in Creighton's favor being that they had a uncharacteristically bad, um, you know, shooting, shooting game, you know, their last matchup in Georgetown, and they could possibly, you know, perform a little bit better, you know, in this matchup with it being their next game and it being a, the tournament game. You know, when you brought up the strength of schedule, I went back and I'm looking at the records, and, and I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams in the Big East. It's finished with only one win above 500, and then you had three teams 
that finished with a couple more wins over 500. That would have been UConn, Creighton, and Villanova. Uh, it doesn't look all that impressive either. It looks like they, you know, their toughest game probably non-conference was Kansas, and they lost that game. So I'm not necessarily sure how you feel, you know, about their SOS for for this particular season. I don't think it's that strong at all. I thought the Big East was was rather weak. Um, I actually thought, believe it or not, that that Villanova was. I don't want to call them a fraud, but I thought that they just weren't the Villanova team, you know, that deserved to be ranked inside the top ten. Or if they, if if people felt that that's where they should have been that it was really going to show up, you know, probably in, in the big dance. Unfortunately, they lost, you know, Connor Gillespie for the season. So um, that's a, a obviously going to hurt Villanova. But I want to circle back here to when you talk to Creighton being blown out and the result of the next game. But I got to push back a little bit here, Smooth, with this one. Georgetown just gave everybody the blueprint on how to go ahead and beat that team. I don't know how you feel about that particular result. But that's an ugly result. I mean, we haven't seen a result from Creighton like that all year long. Like, how do you feel? Like, do you think that that potentially could have been the blueprint to go ahead and stop them? Would a team go ahead and try to duplicate that? And, like, what did you make of that particular blowout? Like, is there anything that, like, just came across your mind? Like, why would they perform just that bad? Um. Yeah, that was, you know, a real head scratcher um, as well for me. You know, just looking at that game because, you know, just looking at their season and, you know, their biggest loss or was by 12 points, you know, to Villanova, who is probably the best team in the conference. And there wasn't, you know, too too many games ago when that happened. But, you know, them only scoring 48 points against the Georgetown team, like no disrespect to Georgetown and, and Patrick Ewing, you know, give them credit for, you know, taking advantage of the situation. But, you know, they weren't picked to be, you know, one of the best teams you know, in this conference. So with Creighton only scoring 48 points, you know, against, you know, the biggest game, you know, so far in their season, it just kind of makes me think about how much, you know, impact, you know, the the coach's comments had on the team, you know, because usually, you know, when you would see them, you know, face some adversity, you know, in some games, you know, where they're down by, you know, double digits or they can't get shots to go, you would see that the team, you know, play harder and play a little bit more focused and come together and be uh, more motivated to, you know, to climb back in the game and try to get a win and to continue to have a good season. But, you know, in that game against Georgetown, you know, once their shots, you know, wasn't falling and they couldn't get them to fall and the game, you know, started to get away from them even more. Um, it just kind of looked like they threw in the towel and, you know, with the, with the uh, the comments that the coach made, just wonder how much uh, impact, uh, negative impact it had on the the camaraderie of the team and the togetherness of the team because it didn't look like the Creighton team that we've seen, you know, you know throughout their season, you know, leading up, you know, to that to that blowout loss to Georgetown. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure exactly, you know, how the players took that, but I know that there were other people that you know were not on the team that that probably took it to heart. One of their top prospects, four-star recruit, Ty Washington, he ended up decommitting, um, you know, right after those comments were made. And he was, you know, probably going to be one of their better players. So um, I, I have a feeling that there's, there's certainly something going on there, you know, where maybe the players just aren't, aren't, you know, reacting well to, you know, that whole situation. And that Georgetown game, you know, that obviously has to has to raise a red flag. And you and I were digging in and we're looking for other type of angles and, 
and we were talking about the referees and, and we're looking for, you know, who might referee that game and, and uh, you know, how we're going to figure out how the hell, you know, we're going to figure that out. Now, you being a, a man of color, I'm going to let you go ahead and come up with your, you know, with what you had told me the other day um, to go ahead and look out for. Not so much a conspiracy theory type of thing, but when you see these refs, you know, get these games and, you know, like you mentioned, you know, they put these teams in certain spots for certain reasons and they don't want this negative story going, you know, as much, you know, much further than what it needs to, you know, with uh, with Creighton. Um, I would just look at keep an eye out for, you know, they usually assign, you know, three refs to a game. And if there's like maybe two out of those three being, you know, black or, you know, or, or women or anything like that, you know, that could be, you know, uh, you know, something to look, keep an eye out for, you know, not saying, you know, that they purposely would do it, but just you know, look how the refs, you know, you know, ref the game when it comes to um, making, you know, uh, split decision calls, you know, Creighton might not be so, you know, prone to getting the benefit of the whistle to go their way, you know, in those type of situations, just based off of, you know, everything that they have stacked up against them with, you know, where they're seated at and who they would potentially be playing and just the the negative story they're bringing, you know, to, you know, to college basketball when it's, you know, about to hit its biggest stage. You know, I'm curious, Smooth, as you're talking, I'm just wondering, and I, and I don't want to, you know, deep dive on that, but I'm, I'm curious, you know, what, what color were the referees in the Georgetown game? Um, and, and we don't want to go ahead and say that anybody's going to, you know, go ahead and, and do anything shady or anything like that. But I think at, at a minimum, and I think this is just anybody, you know, when you know that somebody kind of did something stupid or, you, or, or they said something that, that they shouldn't have said, it doesn't matter what damn color you are or, you know, if you're a guy or a girl, whatever, you know, more than likely that coach is probably not going to he's, he's not going to. It's not going to get a whole lot of your ear um, for that particular game. Another thing, Sleepy, just circling back to, you know, the referee situation, you know, we, we might want to take a, a little deep dive into, you know, what the foul count and when the fouls occurred, you know, in that Creighton-Georgetown game. You know, if those fouls, you know, took place, you know, when they started to try to, you know, turn the corner and, and you know, look to gain some type of rhythm or some momentum and those fouls came, um, you know, during that time, you know, that could be, you know, something that we could, you know, look into that could have an effect, you know, on a matchup with Santa Barbara on Saturday. You know, if that happened in the in the Georgetown game, and let's just speculate and say maybe that did happen, but you have to wonder how he's going to come into this game, Coach, and be like, you know what, I got, I got like no favorable anything with the referees in that Georgetown game, or maybe, maybe, maybe it was just a normal game, but maybe he's thinking about that coming in into you know, this particular game. And I'm going to say if, you know, if Greg McDermott is sitting down right now and he's looking at the bracket, he's probably sitting here thinking the same exact thing that we are. They did absolutely no favors for us. You know, why, why, why? Well, you have to wonder what, what he's thinking in his head. I don't know, man. Like, I think that's something that we certainly have to go ahead and keep an eye on, but we don't want to go ahead and speculate and say anybody's going to do anything. But I just wonder if that coach is going to end up being able to go ahead and, uh, you know, reserve a whole lot of time uh, for the for the referees here and have any, you know, positive impact uh, because of, you know, all the things that have gone on, you know, with him, you know, over the last, you know, couple of weeks. So with that kind of out of the way, that's more of our situational type of thing that, that Smooth and I had spoke about over the last couple of days. We do want to go ahead and get into some statistics here um, to go ahead and, and build our case. I'll give you guys my play right now. I like UC Santa Barbara. 
uh, just based off the fact that I think that Creighton was dealt uh, a pretty, pretty tough hand here. But I do want to go ahead and talk about some stat stuff because we, we feel like this is going to be a matchup that doesn't stylistically favor uh, Creighton in any way, shape, or form. So as far as the numbers and stats, guys, for me, I'm going to go ahead and try to keep this rather simple. I do not want to turn this into, you know, a number salad for you guys. So what I like to do is I like to find stat gaps, something that I like to call SSG, sizable stat gaps. In college basketball, you know, we have roughly 344 teams. So let's just say a team's number one in rebounds versus the team that's number 344. But we 100% can expect the final box score to reflect a massive edge for the number one team. So when I broke down this game, I struggled to find many of these. So that entail tells me that these teams are really not that far apart and that UC Santa Barbara is actually a pretty good basketball team. So typically I'm looking for a stack gap that's around 250 ranking positions. And I do believe that that will probably end up showing up in the box score. So here are the positive stack gaps for Creighton. Three-point field goals per game. It's not quite 250 stat ranking gap, but it's pretty close. Creighton number 17 in the nation, UC Santa Barbara number 224. So we can't assume for sure that Creighton will go ahead. They'll hoist more threes in this game than Santa Barbara. And that's it, guys. I see nothing else that tells me clearly that Creighton will win any other area in the final box score. That's super alarming to me. As for UC Santa Barbara, here are some SSG or sizable stat gaps for them. Free throw shooting percentage, Santa Barbara number 47, Creighton. Number 321, that is massive. I will guarantee you 100% that Santa Barbara will win the free throw line. That is a key area. I factor in three key areas at three different levels, the paint, the free throw line, and the three-point line. If you can win all three of those areas, it's very hard to beat a team, let alone blow out a team. So with all that said, let me go ahead and get back to some of the UC positives. Rebound margin. UC number 34, that's very good. Creighton number 195, not quite 250, but man, makes me think that UC can go ahead and win the rebounding area as well. And the only other one I see for UC is free throws made. UC number 49, Creighton number 192. Again, not 250, not a 250 ranking gap, but 150. So maybe it's like a tick or two, and that's really all I can find. But the key to that, is the rest of the stats are pretty damn close. Now, I do factor in, you know, the teams and the conferences, competition that they played. So as I broke it down, I, I felt like I had to go a little bit further. And after checking 32 different stat categories, the final tally was Creighton 110 and UC Santa Barbara 122. So that tells me that these teams, at worst, are about dead even. I think the Gauchos win in the paint. I think they win the free throw line. And without a doubt, Creighton more than likely will win that three-point line. But the situational stuff, you know, that we talked about in the beginning of the podcast is 100% in favor of the Gauchos. And I think you're going to need, you know, some type of a monumental effort from Creighton at the three-point line in a venue that they'd never played at before. And the three teams with the most three-point attempts that Santa Barbara had to face this season was CSUN, who the Gauchos bombed in both games, Cal Poly, who they bombed in both games, and UC Riverside, who they struggled with and split two games. And then you had the best shooting three-point team in the conference in Cal Fullerton, and they got beat twice by the Gauchos, once in a romp and the other in a four-point win for Santa Barbara. 
at home. So that's pretty much all I have there, guys, as far as the stats are concerned. Smooth, you got anything to go ahead and, and uh, top off all that stuff there? Adding in another factor that works in uh, UC Santa Barbara's favor, just talking about their head coach, uh, with him being there for four years and them not finishing any lower than second in the conference, um, even though it's not a, you know, a, a power five conference, but that's pretty damn impressive. And it speaks uh, speaks to great volumes, you know, just how great of uh, coaching that is, because it's not like he's getting, you know, blue chip prospects or top 20 recruiting classes. So to finish second or, or better, you know, in your conference for four years and, you know, now you find yourself in the, in the tournament and it's been, you know, dating back to 10 years, the last time they've been here, uh, going back to 2011 and you got to go all the way back to 1990, you know, when they won a game in the tournament. So I think the Gauchos should be pretty motivated that they're here and, you know, have a, a really good shot at, at pulling off a win and definitely staying within the number, you know, with their style, with the style of play for this matchup, you know, pretty much benefiting and working towards their favor. So, um, I couldn't go against your handicap right here, you know, back in the gauchos with the points or either on the money line. All right. Well, I'm glad that you're uh, you're you're at least not against me there, Smooth. So that makes me feel good. So, guys, I, I, I just don't see it here with Creighton. You know, give me the gauchos. I'll go ahead. I'll take them plus seven points. I'll also take Santa Barbara on the money line here at plus 260. And if you listen to, you know, the beginning of this handicap, it sounds like Smooth and I, you know, we're going to agree here, guys, to just to not advance Creighton you know, past the second round um, within your bracket. So that's the best that that's moving I can do for you guys, you know, on this particular game. I hope you guys um, do well. I hope you guys enjoy the March Madness. Uh, we'll go. We'll try to get out some more picks for you guys for the March Madness over the next couple days. But as always, you guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. You can get Smooth on Twitter as well at Smooth underscore 702. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the madness.